Hello, this is Matt Marone, the worship pastor here at Glen Ellen Bible Church. You're listening to the Next Level Podcast. Today, we're going to answer listener questions from Sunday, September 3rd, 2023. Hi, I'm Simone Halpin, the co-founder and executive director of Naomi's House. Hello, I'm Alex Goff, campus pastor at Poplar Creek Campus. I'm Kelly Brady, I serve as senior pastor here at Glen Ellen Bible Church. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Next Level. Extended weekend. Good morning. Good morning. It's Tuesday morning. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Did y'all labor on Labor Day? We no. We kind of just hung out. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Didn't didn't labor a whole lot. Grant was guys... telling me before we got on here, he took his boys to the Cubs game. That's a perfect oh, nice. way to spend Labor Day. Yeah. And it, did they it, win? It, they won. They won decidedly. It was a two-hour game. Oh. When have you heard of an MLB oh, being two amazing. hours? That's perfect for little boys too. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. first experience. Yeah. If you guys haven't been to a game this year, the pitch clock, you really do feel it. I'm sure. It, yeah, that'd it be... totally shortens. Oh, yeah. Is this the first year for that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Speeds everything up. We used to work at, um, and my wife used to manage one of the Cub rooftops. Oh. And so uh, I would like, I'd like work the door or whatever. And we, you know, she'd be running the, sh- the place and like, we would just be, uh, you know, you hit seventh, eighth inning and you're like, come on, come <laughs> on. You know, like you've, we, at that point you'd seen so many Cubs games that you're just over it yeah. and you're just ready to get out. Yeah. And sometimes those games drag, drug on and on and on and on. How was the team during that time? Were they like competing? Oh uh, they... yeah, not, the, yeah, below 500. Okay. Yeah, that makes it tough. Yeah, yeah. I think she was doing she was doing it before I was there. I think she was there during maybe one of their playoff runs. I was I so happy my kids never played baseball. <laughs> well, Andrew Andrew tried it and it drove me nuts. I was so happy he didn't mm-hmm. settle. You're not a baseball We're... fan. I just couldn't take it's the slow. the slowness of the pace. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. yeah, he opted for lacrosse after baseball. Mm-hmm. So, huh. yeah. I love baseball. In yeah, Missouri, you're a big baseball guy, right? Yeah, in Missouri, it's like a religion down there with the Cardinals. But you have to there's there's the game within the game, and that helps overcome some of the slowness, like you know, pitching changes a lot of people and say. matchups, and if you're willing to go that deep into it. Yeah. So. so are you one of those guys that sits at the baseball game with like a pen and a pad in your every game? Really? And there's a specific way that the Cardinals score it, and my grandpa taught it to me, and so it's it's a big deal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do anything in your garden? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Matt. I feel uh, love. Something that's a little bit more, uh, you no, know, action packed. <laughs> Did you notice the side of my house? I started painting the exterior of my house yesterday. So no, the west side of my house has primer on it. So it's got, it looks polka dotted. You know, I just primed the spots that need a primer. So I scraped yesterday and primed it. Yeah, a little bit of labor on Labor Day. It's pretty, pretty day, and yeah. I'm ready for fall, though. Yeah. yeah, about this time. I don't want it to be cold. Right. Just Fall's fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although actually, I did go for a run last week, and it was 50. Yeah, like early in the morning. morning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was... I rode my bike to work out this morning. It was 74. Yeah. That's really warm at mm-hmm. early in the morning. Mm-hmm. We actually got to go to the Notre Dame game. Um, Jennifer and I did. Yeah, I saw that post. That, was that looked fun. really fun. Yeah, some folks in our church have front row seats. Wow. Yeah. Row A. I've never sat in a row A. Makes yeah. a difference. At pretty much any sporting event. <laughs> it certainly wow. does. It matters, right? It's so much more Could you hear engaging. what the players were saying? 
you could you could you could kind of hear awesome. some of the interaction which was cool mm-hmm. um and you know who else <laughs> there was some people sitting next to us and, and they tapped us on the shoulder like hey look right there that's jerome bettis and jerome bettis was there i guess his son is getting recruited oh. no idea cool, jerome, yeah. jerome bettis big running back uh, the bus mm-hmm. he was running back for pittsburgh but he played at notre dame okay. mm-hmm. he finished on top too they finished winning a super bowl and he retired um, famous for his workouts the bus workouts the bus. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah so it was fun though. Um, so much tradition at Notre Dame, and they you won? see the movies and oh, oh gosh, yeah. yeah, it was like fifty to whatever. They scheduled a high school team, <laughs> Tennessee State. But man, Tennessee State's band was unbelievable. Really? Yeah, yeah, they were cool. They did this like fifty years of hip hop celebration, so all mm. the songs they played were hip hop songs. So I was loving it. That's yeah. awesome. I was like, yeah, it was cool. cool. And they are a little more. They do like dancing and stuff. They're not, they're not just Mm -hmm. like move to the left with your horn, move to the right with your horn up, down, that kind of thing. They were like out there. That's fun. Grooving. Yes. Awesome. So it was very lively. It was cool. It was good. My birthday's on Thursday and the NFL is giving me the best birthday present because on Thursday, the NFL season starts with the Chiefs playing. Very excited about that too. Happy early birthday. Yeah. Thank you. It's, (laughs) it's the fall. We're officially in fall season. Mm -hmm. It's fun. Well, um, it's the fall season for, for church too, man. Ministry's going, services are happening, and we got some questions in. So That was a great transition. <laughs> That's what they pay me for. <laughs> I make the amazing. big bucks, baby. That was amazing. There we go. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's get into the first question. And this is probably directed towards Kelly. Um, why doesn't God talk more? I love the emphasis on his speaking, but it seems like he could say so much more to us. I loved the opening of Hebrews, just Mm -hmm. um, getting to think about God as someone who has spoken, is speaking, uh, who offers himself to us. Even I love the story of Elijah complaining to God and, and then God speaks to him. You know, speaking is such a vulnerable posture. Uh, we pray before the podcast uh, because we don't want to say something stupid and because we want to be a blessing to our listeners. And uh, speaking is just such a vulnerable reality and that God has offered himself to us in that way has really moved me last week as I was prepping. So Hebrews 1.1 is, in the past God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets, but in these last days he's spoken to us by his son. And so I totally get, and I've thought myself before, if he's a God that communicates, why isn't there more communication? Mm. And have wrestled with that. There's a philosophical argument called the hiddenness of God that, that makes an, the very same claim. If God's real, then um, why doesn't he show himself more clearly? And I've come to think that the hiddenness of God argument isn't, doesn't actually carry much weight. Um, I don't think it's that God's hidden, but that I'm veiled. In other words, I'm mm-hmm. blind, is uh, unable uh, to see in, in many cases. So I've got kind of just three thoughts here. Um, I'll, I'll start with um, when I'm frustrated with um, the apparent silence of God, I don't think he's silent. I think the heavens declare the glories of God. So I think actually God has uh, revealed himself 
in dramatic ways in creation through his son, through the prophets, through the written word, the canon of scripture. But when I'm, when I'm feeling kind of the pity party like Elijah and I'm saying, God, why don't you talk more clearly? Uh, it's been my experience that as I'm more obedient, I hear him more clearly, which isn't to say that if you're frustrated, it's because you're disobedient. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just, as I've grown in obedience, I found that faithfulness in the little things is actually rewarded with clarity in the dialogue I want to have with God. Hmm. There's greater peace. There's greater um, specificity even. Uh, I can hear him more clearly. Um, So I... I do work on my obedience and encourage us all to do so. Uh, the prayer of a righteous man, James says, is effective. Um, it's not that the prayer of the unrighteous is never heard. That's not the case at all, praise God. Yeah. But there is, there is a link between our, our righteousness, our obedience, and our ability to dialogue. That's what prayer is, dialogue with God. So I wanna, we all want to grow in our obedience. Um, and you could liken that to a marriage relationship pretty easily. You know, when I'm kind to Sherry and, and treat her well and I'm gentle with her, um, then I can hear her a lot better and our, our communication is stronger. So I'd also point out that in the relative silence of God, there is a capacity issue. So if you've raised children, you know, you don't speak with a two-year-old the way you speak with a 22-year-old. Mm-hmm. Because a 22-year-old has uh, ability to grasp concepts, uh, take, for example, just abstract concepts, or the dialogue is richer and fuller with a 22-year-old. In the work of God revealing himself, he has to condescend. So perhaps you've heard before that the condescension of God was present in the incarnation of Christ. So he, he left his heavenly home. Um, he took on the appearance, uh, the form of a man, humanity. So he, he joined us, but there is a separation between us and God, which is to say, um, there is a distance. Uh, he's not, Uh, like us. Um, My thoughts are not your thoughts, the Old Testament prophet says. My ways are not your ways. So in the communication with God, there's a capacity issue. There's a a difference issue. Um, And and there is a sense in which that will not be overcome in this world. There'll There'll be a separation. The last thing I'd say is there's a mercy of God in not fully revealing himself. Jesus himself said, so my, my three points are, um, clarity grows with obedience. There is a capacity issue. I wrestle because I'm human is what I'm trying to say. And he's, God is God and I'm not. So there's a capacity issue. But then there's a mercy. Jesus said, I have much more to say to you. He was talking to his disciples in the upper room just before his death. More than you can now bear. And so there's a mercy element. When Moses came down off the mountain, the Israelites asked him to veil himself, his face, because the radiance of God, he'd been in God's presence, and it was overwhelming to to them to just see the, the glory of God on Moses. And so he would veil his face. So there's this uh, mercy in God, um, 
in the communication gap. Uh, but then it, Jesus goes on to say, but when the spirit comes, he'll guide you into all truth. He'll speak to you. Again, God is speaking to us by his Holy Spirit. So those are my thoughts. Hey, this, I'm trying, this story was rattling around in my brain as you were talking about obedience in the little things. Would it be appropriate to apply the story of David um, which, le- leading which, up to the battle with Goliath? You know, we see that before this big moment where God was telling him to confront this giant, we see evidence of faith. We see evidence that he was following God out in the fields. I, I don't know. I'm, would you say that that's... Yeah, I like, I like where you're going there. I don't know that I would draw... You know, I don't, I don't know if it was... Um, yeah, I like where you're going. Um, faithfulness in, the, in a few things... Jesus said, we'll be rewarded with more. Th- more yeah. th- you get the opportunity for more. So but I do th- I think you're a speaking thing. Right. But I, the nearness of God or the proximity we have with God, the fellowship, to, our staying in step with the spirit are all a result of obedience. So you're, I see where you're going with it. Okay. How do you, do you think, Simone? Well, I, I'm, my answer for one and two, I feel like are the same. <laughs> so I'm like, when, okay. when do I yeah. share? Right, right. <laughs> I, I mean, I, um, I know that I feel like I hear from the Lord when my posture and position before him is as blameless as it can be, right? So if I am struggling with a sin or if I'm distracted or um, if I'm going through the motions and the authenticity of, of, of my heart isn't, isn't present, then I'm not going to hear from him mm. traditionally. When I look back at when in my life, do I feel like I've heard from the Lord and when have I not? So I like how you said, Kelly, that why doesn't God talk more? And, and I think how you said it is that he's always speaking to us. And, and I hear that and think, am I in a place where I can hear it? Mm. And am I positioning and posturing myself to hear from him because mm-hmm. if I'm just going, going, going and I'm not slowing down or if my mornings aren't, I, I've shared this before, but my mornings are sacred to me. I, I have a routine and I just have to, if I neglect that um, and I don't have the discipline to sit in stillness and quietness to hear from him, then I won't. I'm just, I can feel every minute of my day mm-hmm. and some, right? We all mm-hmm. can. It's just the nature of where we are in life right now with the many things going on. So a lot for me, when I ask this question, why don't I hear from God more? Why doesn't God speak more? It's not so much that I'm listening for his, his audible voice. It's more in my spirit. Am I recognizing that his spirit is leading me and speaking to me through scripture and speaking to me through prayer? Um, and a, a lot of that comes down to if I'm putting myself in a place to hear from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead and read question number two. Um, well, I had a Oh, thought, just for the first, the, the before we get to number two, that um, the question I have uh, when I hear somebody ask, why doesn't God talk more? The question I have is, what for? That's good. Why do you want to hear God talk more? Is it because you need to hear God speaking to you so that you can draw closer to him, so that you can stay faithful in things, so that, mm. I just want to remind us, um, God spoke a whole... It, it seems like uh, that kind of mindset can kind of forget or neglect how we are as humans and mm-hmm. what our tendencies are. Because like God spoke a whole bunch to Israel. Mm-hmm. Moses still had to write the book of Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. In other words, he still had to say the law a second time to 
a people that he already said the mm -hmm. law to. Mm -hmm. God already spoke all those things. God already told them a bunch of things directly. And Israel went on and was unfaithful to the yeah. Lord and worshiped other idols. And so, That's I, a great point. you know, so th I just want to know why, you know, what are you looking for, uh, for wanting to hear God more? I mean, I want to hear God more too, but. I, I wonder if it occurs to me that I wonder if sometimes I want to hear the Lord say more to me so less faith is required of me. That's what Ooh. I was going to say. Yeah. The, the number one time I've heard this question asked is in regards to major life decisions. Mm -hmm. And I, sure. I want to know exactly what to do. Black or white answer. I want yeah. success mm -hmm. here or what? Mm -hmm. I want the outcome yeah. I want. Mm -hmm. yeah. Should I go left or right? Yeah, mm -hmm. and you know what, man? Try to flip that around mm -hmm. and just say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray and then I'm going to make this decision. Mm -hmm. And I'm putting all the trust and faith in the Lord. Mm -hmm. He's going to love that. Mm -hmm. He's going to love that rather than you feeling like God said this, I'm doing this. Like, yeah, man, sometimes that does happen. Sometimes you have an overwhelm. Some, you might hear God's audible voice. Sometimes you might feel an, feel an overwhelming sense to go one way or the other, over the other. But other times it's just, hey, man, make, make the decision after you've prayed, after you've mm -hmm. you know, gone over it, wrestled with it with your spouse and with your small group or whatever, spent time in the Word, and then make the decision and just give it up to God. Be mm -hmm. like, God, I, I trust you. Here, here's the decision. Mm -hmm. And he, he, the Father loves that because you're putting your, your faith and your trust in him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so then the next one totally uh, kind of is connected with the first. Uh, what can I do, what can we do to hear from God more clearly? So, Simone, you were talking about, mm -hmm. you know, a routine, a rhythm helps you, mm -hmm. right? Um, conf confession of sin helps, well, helps all of us. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but me in particular. Go ahead, you start. Your point but you leave. <laughs> right, right, right. No, but you mentioned that. Yeah. You mentioned yeah. just, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. And I, I totally resonate with that too. That's one of the things we talk about on Sunday mornings before we lead worship is, man, let's, I'm not going not gonna to put you on front street and say, let's confess our sins to each other. We could, maybe some days we should, but man, let's bring. Uh, as pure of a heart as we can as we worship. In other words, let's confess our sins. Mm -hmm. let's, let's throw all that stuff out there yeah. for God, right? S Psalm 66, 18. If I've cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Mm. That's what it's talking about. Um, for, I think about, and it's not a one-to-one -one comparison, but Simone, to what you were saying earlier, there are days when I, I can become so busy at work, you know, I've got a hundred things on my plate and I come home late and uh, my wife has a message for me, but I never had a chance to receive that message because we just never had the carved out time and space to communicate. And that's, and that's an aspect of communication is that you do have to fight to create the space mm -hmm. and then you have to listen. Um, that, that's the one thing that I would say for what can we do to hear from God more clearly. When I think about my prayer life, so much of it is me talking and not just pausing. And in today's crazy busy world, um, just sitting in silence, the spiritual discipline of silence and solitude and just listening to God is difficult. But I do think that's a way that we can hear from God more clearly is, is just by carving out that space and time where we can uninterrupted just listen to him. Mm -hmm. What does that look like for you guys? How have you because this is something I'm always wanting to grow in. How have you um, practiced the spiritual discipline of silence before God? 
It's hard, isn't it? Well, um, I love what Simone says about carving out, uh, you know, a sacred time in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, I've, you know, kind of waxed and waned on various disciplines, but, um, one of the things I, I've had some success with is the three times daily, kind of the opposite, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. morning, evening, uh, morning, noon, and evening. Mm -hmm. Uh, again, various successes at that, depending on how I manage my schedule. Um, and then doing simple things like, um, reading the scripture during those times, um, praying the scripture during those times. So I feel like I have a confession, like in this moment, I don't want to say it cause I don't want your opinions. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to listen. I know I am. I am literally signed up for a silent retreat this Sunday, Sunday wow. to Tuesday. It's a 48 hour retreat. It's like an hour away. And I emailed them yesterday trying to get out of it. <laughs> That's awesome. I just feel like logistically, it's not the best time to go, hmm. and so I've kinda, I think I have you on the schedule to lead prayer second service. It doesn't start until the afternoon. Oh darn! Yeah. I was going to give you an excuse. <laughs> I know I've got plenty. <laughs> I've got plenty. Can, but I can like, you explain a little bit of what a silent retreat yeah. is? Well, I don't. I've not done one, but oh, it was okay. recommended to me by, of all people, my therapist who's a believer and I love so much. And he just said, this is something he recommended this months ago. And it took a while to find one that was close enough and affordable because they they can be long, mm-hmm. like days long. And um, <laughs> who has time for that? Um, anyway, long story short, I got into this one and um, the little information that they've given me was leave your laptop. And that really was about, okay, this is wow. not for me. <laughs> um leave your laptop and then your phone will be off the week for the 48 hours. Here's the number that if anybody needs to reach you, you know, your family can call or whatever if there's an emergency. And the rest of it was kind of like enter into this space, just kind of open handed. Maybe I'll go in your stead. You can, honestly. That sounds amazing. It does sound amazing. (laughs) It's just the timing of it feels really Mm -hmm. difficult Mm -hmm. on my family and after we just talked about the fall and yeah. everything is going right, and right and you know we've here got, we go <laughs> i have school papers due this month and so i thought this is the perfect retreat for me to knock those out and get some of that done it then it's not a burden on my family later and i'll be yeah. silent so i can hear from the lord and and then when they said leave your laptop i was like oh Oof. i don't know it's if hard. that's going to work for me <laughs> hmm. so stay tuned yeah we'll see if they let me out of it We'll uh, debrief next week on the podcast. I may or may not be here. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I've taken a practical approach with the the goal of trying to have as much time listening as I did asking Mm. in prayer. Um, And the Father wants you to pray. He wants you to ask Him for for things. He wants to give you good things. Um, And so, but it always felt like, it just felt off just to be asking and then just peace out real fast. You know, just, Amen. See you later. Yeah. Um, so, and it's hard after you pray, it's hard to sit and listen. It's really difficult. It's really difficult for me because I think I uh, just used to think that that time wasn't important if we're going to be honest. Otherwise, I would spend the time listening. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you're looking at what you have left to do in your day, mm-hmm. just to sit and listen and I'm using air quotes, not do anything, hmm. is very difficult. And not have your brain jump to what's next or the to-do right. list or things right. like that. It's, yeah, that's my struggle. But at the same time, struggle. we all do want to hear from God more, right? Here's yeah. like this perfect opportunity. You just got done praying, maybe spending some time in the Word. So I actually started 
timing it. So mm. I, I told myself, okay, I'm going to spend two minutes, and it's amazing how long two minutes is. Yeah, if you're not used to it. If you're not some. speaking and if you're just trying to listen. And so I did. I would just whip my phone out and put on a two-minute timer and just set it down and just be quiet mm-hmm. and try to listen. And then the timer would go off, mm-hmm. and then the next time, three minutes, and then try to work your way up to whatever you you know, whatever your goal is. And yeah. that, it's, that helped me. And now it's quiet time is being quiet is just part of the routine. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Remember the first few times though, be like, open my eyes, mm-hmm. look at the phone. Uh-huh. Like, Ooh, 15 okay. seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine doing that for like 48 hours with strangers. Luke five sixteen says that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to pray. Yeah. Lonely and places. I mean this in the best possible sentence. God is terribly inefficient. Mm. Uh, I, arguably, no one had more that they could have done or should slash would have right. done than Jesus. Yet he's often out by himself, all alone. There's several kind of comic stories in the Gospels where the disciples are looking for him. And they, they find him out alone praying, and they say, hey, everybody's looking for you. Don't, don't you know that yeah. there's work to be done, basically? Yeah. And we just it, don't have that mindset where we see the highest and best use of our time as alone with God. Yeah. It, makes it strikes me, us as inefficient, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it makes me question things like you, you could have healed one more person right. in yeah. your ministry. Right. One more person you could have healed. One more person you could have helped. One more. And it's the same kind of attitude as, why did you waste that perfume on Jesus? We could have sold that to the poor. So it's the same so good. mindset. It is the same mindset. Mm-hmm. I know what's best here. I, you know what I mean? Like, that's my mindset. I, I know what is mm-hmm. righteous and good. And mm-hmm. What might the Father say to the person who says, but Jesus could have been healing more people instead of out there praying. You don't see everything like I do. <laughs> I think he might you know? have, yeah, I think he might have said all people will be healed. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's such a good reminder. I mean, it's just so countercultural, you know, and I'm even watching my teenagers in particular getting really obsessed with their time and efficiency and, I'm afraid they're learning it at home from their parents as opposed to slowing down and valuing a slower pace. Mm-hmm. It's the opposite of, of really what life should look like. I was painting my house yesterday or scraping or something. And I thought, Oh, I should get my headphones and, and get that book. I listened to books on, you know, mm-hmm. recorded. Mm-hmm. I should really make the most of my time. Right. But I didn't something else. I didn't go do it anyway. And I thought I, I rarely just do one thing at a time. I'm just painting the house. Mm -hmm. I have to do two or three things at a time, you know. (laughs) All right, well, let's... uh, let's Take that silent retreat, Simone. You go do it. No condemnation if you don't. I told you I didn't want your opinion. (laughs) Um, All right, let's shift gears a little bit. We're going to go to uh, something that Alex talked about in his sermon. So Alex talked about how the American church is losing people. What's the fix? So context. um, We talked about the context of Hebrews and uh, this idea of a, a tired congregation and, and so many people because of the, the cultural climate, we're dropping the rope, walking away just because of 
how difficult it was to follow Jesus with a culture that was moving in the opposite direction. And so one of the illustrations that we used was um, Wall Street Journal did a, a big study into what Americans value and how that has shifted from 1998 to 2023. And, um, and we can see that the country as a whole, the church is shifting from being kind of the home team to the away team. And so um, that's what the question asker is asking. So the American church is losing people. What's the fix? Kelly, you got your answer in first, and I thought it was spot on. Um, the hope slash fix is the same as it's always been. Mm. Prayer, evangelism, preaching, service, caring for the less fortunate. And you make the distinction between having a Christian culture in America versus having Christians in America. Yeah. Can you explain the difference? Yeah, I, you know, I think that... Um it could be the case that although um, morality in America, let's say, let's pick the 1950s, morality in America uh, more closely mirrored Christian ethics. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know, I, you, we need to be careful saying just because the culture in the 1950s, the morality matched, that, that, the, that the church was um, stronger. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, um, and we're not actually even called to uh, convert culture. Uh, I'm not a culture warrior. Uh, we're called to uh, preach the gospel, um, tend the flock, that's care for the sheep, uh, pursue the lost. Um, so we just, something, I, I, I heard your sermon and I thought, you know, let's just be careful. Our, our hope is not to, to it's not... Um, yeah, our, our goal isn't large churches. That's an outcome. Sure. Our goal is <clears throat> faithfulness. Faithfulness in preaching, uh, caring for one another, and uh, pursuing the lost. So it, it's just kind of an ends and means thing. Um, I, I don't want the tail to wag the dog. Because there's a lot of ways to grow a church. Mm -hmm. uh, you can grow a church with fear. A regular diet of fear from the pulpit, you'd be surprised. Uh, on how people are, are drawn to it. Mm -hmm. uh, just like, you know, they go to a horror movie. So um, a regular diet of condemnation and shame from a pulpit, there are a lot of people that that type of diet from the pulpit affirms what their own tapes in their head and, and they confuse that. So it, you'd be surprised at how, um, it, how, how churches can grow apart from a steady diet of the gospel. Uh, yeah, hmm. and the connection, the connection to the United just, States was just, you know, it's, it, it's, it's similar in some ways that the, the, the gospel is moving against the culture a little bit. And so um, the call in the book of Hebrews, which is to make Jesus greater, mm -hmm. is the same call for believers today. And again, you know, we don't make Jesus greater, like you said, to grow the church. Mm -hmm. We make Jesus greater because that's the call that he's placed on our lives. Mm -hmm. um, and if the question asker is, it, it, I don't know the heart, but if the heart is um, one of fear, like, man, what's going to happen, mm -hmm. you know, if we keep losing people? I, I go back to Matthew 16, 18, when Jesus um, looks at Peter and says, I tell you that you're Peter on this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Um, when you look at, I take a lot of comfort in church history and um, Kelly, like you're saying, there have been some incredibly healthy churches in areas of persecution mm -hmm. and in areas where um, it was dangerous 
to live as a believer. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, some culture warriors are frustrated that the church is shrinking. Yeah. Because we're losing uh, influence in culture, without a doubt. Uh, we're losing influence. Um, but we can uh, take a lot of comfort in that Christ is the head of his church. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, church growth, there was a huge church growth movement um, in the 70s and the 80s into the 90s where all types of strange tactics were taken in order to get people into the seats. Um, tactics like uh, lotteries where, you know, hey, you're in church this morning, look under your seat, someone's got the winning lottery and you win a car. I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. They would have the giveaway Sunday. It was like an Oprah show. Hmm. So we just need to be careful about what we believe grows the church, what really grows us in faith, who's in charge of the church, Christ is, um, and, and be faithful to what you listed there, evangelism and preaching and serving one another and caring for the less fortunate. And yeah, I think it helps to remember that the church is worldwide. Mm. Yeah, Granted, it's booming I, in I some get places. It. I get it. We're talking about the American church, so I know there's context. But at the same time, it's comforting to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That man, God is, is the total number of Christians in China is soon to be greater than the total number of Christians in America. Wow! Now I realize it's a much bigger country population. Sure, um, but but considering you, their circumstances, oh my gosh, that's remarkable. Right. Yeah, and God is in full and total control of that, yeah. and He's in full and total control of of us, of here, of, of yeah, American soil, like. Can I ask a side question? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelly, I listened to your message since we were out of town over the weekend, so I apologize if I missed this, but did you give an overview of the I, book of Hebrews? I, I didn't. Just, I just yeah. jumped right in. I yeah. did not. I mean, I just... I need to. You just touched on it briefly, yeah. Alex, but it's just such an interesting letter, not knowing the author mm-hmm. and not having exact clarity on who even the audience is. Yeah, and, context is actually yeah. pretty easy to explain. It's, uh, <laughs> <you know>. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I just think that you know, helps kind of form even where this letter is going. It is even a letter. I'm saying letter. Is it even, is it a letter? Scroll. Scroll. Yeah. Sermon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There, you get evidence in chapter 10 that there was persecution happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then throughout, you know, throughout the book, make every effort to, you know, to meet together. That tells me that maybe they were starting to walk away mm-hmm. a little bit. Attendance mm-hmm. was down. And just the fact that, um, Jesus is elevated in every, so much, like, every single chapter. Emphasis on his divinity. Yeah, that tells me that they were wrestling with Christ. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the Very warnings cool. start. And there's warnings that run throughout the book. You know, uh, warnings not to drift is this week, but um, mm-hmm. warnings not to fall away. Mm-hmm. And so just the pressure, external pressure that was on the church that converted believers and then the other big piece of con- um, context is that there, this book is so connected to the Old Testament. Every yeah. single chapter, yeah. there's quotations and verses pointing back. And so that's why we think the church was largely Jewish Christians. Right, right, right. Okay. Which makes preaching difficult because the author assumes, oh, you know this verse. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, no, we got to go back and mm-hmm. talk about that mm-hmm. too. So mm-hmm. Yeah, verses 5 through 14 of chapter 1 are basically quotes from the Old Testament. And there's a mm-hmm. lot of 
Well, you you guys will know these verses. You know, it's fascinating. There's a whole second level you talked about in the baseball world, of the game within the game. Yeah. So for preachers, and I think for all Bible students, it is fascinating to watch how the author of Hebrews handles the Old Testament passage and what the author uh, says these passages are saying. Hmm. In other words, hermeneutics. Mm-hmm. The hermeneutics of the author of Hebrews in working with the Old Testament passages, we can glean from this an understanding of how we can handle right. the passages um, well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Very cool. Yeah. All right, well, let's go to the next one. And, and this one's, um, and there's a lot of honesty in this one. It's great. I want to hear from God, but I don't make reading scripture or prayer a priority. I find myself wondering why. When I do it, I find peace and hope. So why do you think I don't do it more often? I welcome honesty. <laughs> you know what? There's probably a lot of folks that can sure. relate to this, listening to this podcast. What do you guys think? Yeah, you know, I appreciate the honesty. Uh, I do think that I, I'm sure I've been through a time period like this. Uh, you know, um, our love for... A fellowship can wax and wane, a fellowship with God. And so reading the scripture, making it a priority and making prayer a priority can, um, I'm, I, every, I, I'm sure we've heard before, I'm never sad that I've made time for prayer, mm-hmm. like after my time in prayer is over. But for some reason, it's often hard to get to prayer. Yeah. Um, so I, I totally understand and can relate to this. And as simplistic as it might sound, I always encourage people who feel stuck to begin by talking about with God how you feel stuck. Lord, I don't understand why my appetite is so low. Why is my appetite for scripture so low right now? Why is my appetite for prayer? And just begin by venting to the Lord because he's the one that needs to change our heart. He needs to do that internal work in our lives to soften us. And so we can, we can, com- we can complain about our circumstance, right? We can tell him, I'm so frustrated with this. Why is it hard for me to get to prayer? Um, why am I, how did I drift over this way? Um, and just ask him, begin by asking. And, and I would also say, don't wait for the feelings to come, an yeah. excitement for scripture, an excitement for prayer. Um, let's begin by expressing our desire for a change. Let's begin by going to scripture, going to prayer, even while we don't feel the feelings. Mm-hmm. Thinking about like the illustration of working out, you know, there are days when you're just, you're not feeling it, but you, you know in your head the benefits of doing it, even if your heart, I, mean, I don't want to wake up early, I don't want to ride my bike, I don't want to go running, but you know, um, you know how that's going to bless your life, and so you show up even when you don't feel like it. I think that's what you're hitting on. Yeah. I've also, you know, I find it valuable, and, and I hope it serves this purpose, to verbalize out loud to friends, I'm in a bad space right now, or I'm not good. doing good, or I feel low, or I wish I would pray. Would you pray for me? You know, yeah. I need some prayer, you know, and to be in those circles where we can to tell people and have friends we can tell people. It's accountability, too. That's why I, you know, hospital visits and visits to to prison, the gospel and making inroads into prison, those are hard places to pray and find hope. It's why it's so important to make hospital visits is because people are, you know, potentially very low, feeling discouraged, and they need help with prayer. And so we're all in those situations at times where we 
we need to tell somebody, hey, I'm just not feeling it. It's been a while, and can yeah. you help me? I think it's great that this question asker is is honest and is calling out their reality. Uh, and you're not just going through life thinking, yeah, now I'm good. You know, I do it enough. Like you're actually kind of wrestling with it. It sounds like so that's a that's great. Um, be encouraged and know that even folks who, by your estimation, are walking very closely with God, we still ask this question a whole lot. You know, like what? Why am I not spending more? It's always, it's always, why am I not spending more time with God? Wait, mm-hmm. I should, I had more time today. I could have whatever this past weekend or, but what's, what's great about moving closer to God and walking with God and why we call it a walk, a journey, that kind of thing is because the longer you walk with him and, and wrestle with these things, the, the shorter the intervals get, but they still feel just as long. You know what I mean? And so you can look back at your walk and be like, wow, um, I, I wish I would have spent more time with God this weekend, but I actually did pray and was in the word every day and talked to God all day on Saturday and like, you know, but it still didn't feel like enough. And so, you know, mm-hmm. as you walk, the longer you walk, the, the shorter those times go, um, if that makes sense. But it's, um, I think it's something that most Christians wrestle with because mm-hmm. we're human. You know, like, yeah. Um, okay, let's let's see. Let's go to the last one. No, second to last one. When talking about the son, Hebrews uh, um, <clears throat> Hebrews one two says that Jesus is the one that created the world. I grew up thinking it was God the Father who created everything. What's going on with the Trinity mm-hmm. in the creation story? You got this at Poplar, right? This yep. is from Poplar. You yep. want to jump on it? Yeah. So we talked. Um, we're looking at what the first Kelly, just like you, I got kind of caught up in the first few verses in Hebrews. Um, and we're talking about what we learn about Jesus in the first few verses. And in Hebrews one verse two, it says, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, Jesus, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. And so, um, I'm trying to pull up the sermon and, and the, the language that I used for it, but basically it's this idea that, um, let's see if I can find it. Uh, hmm. Kelly, you want to talk about what you wrote yeah. in your notes? So I, I had just put, let's be careful that to not try and tease out the Trinitarian connection uh, too thoroughly. In other words, um, there, uh, that's not to say we know nothing about the Trinity. In other words, I'm not trying to discourage a question about the Trinity. What I want to say is that we'll never know exactly how Father, Son, and Holy Spirit interact, but we do know something about how they interact. Um, and so, for example, Jesus says there's some overlap. He, he says, I and the Father are one, right? And so exactly what it means that Jesus is the creator of the universe um, Jesus himself said, and I made uh, much of this in my second sermon um, on Sunday, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. And many believe that's a direct reference to Genesis 1, where God says, let there be light. Mm-hmm. In other words, uh, it's, it's Christ who's present and powerful and sustaining all things at the beginning of creation. Um, mm-hmm. G- uh, Jesus also said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So I understand the desire uh, to 
to try and tease out the difference. Well, what's the Father doing? And what's the Son doing? And what's the Holy Spirit doing? But we just want to be careful there. Um, they do have unique roles in redemptive history. The Father sends the Son. The Son comes. Then the the Holy Spirit is sent. And so they, they do have unique roles in redemptive history. It was the Son who died. It wasn't the Father who died. Uh, but when it comes to creation, I and exactly how that played out, I, I feel like it's a little bit, it's hidden from us to some degree. Yeah. I, what it said in the sermon, while God is the creator, this verse teaches us that his work was performed through the Son, and what exactly that looks like in the specifics, we're, we're not totally sure, and that's, and that's okay. You know, we're, we're not going to know uh, everything about how that works, but what we do see, as Kelly's saying, is that um, there is that connection between the Father and the Son and the Spirit, and that's exactly where Hebrews goes next. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being. We spent a lot of time there on Sunday at Poplar, talking about that connection between Jesus and God. All right, let's um, let's go to the last one. Talk to me about <laughs> angels. I'm not sure what to think about them. Seems really weird that Hebrews would open by talking about angels. Are they that important? Shohei Otani is the best baseball player since Babe Ruth. He's amazing. What are you talking what? about? He plays for the Los Angeles Angels. <laughs> oh, my <gosh>. Sorry. <laughs> City of Angels, this is right? how I. This is how I know you guys aren't as big of fans of baseball. That's all right. No, Do we're you not guys have angel stories? I have... I've no. I've had conversations with people that have angel stories. Um, Y'all don't have any personal angel stories. I, I don't know what you mean by that. Where you suspect <laughs> that you met or spoke with or experienced an angel. Hmm. I don't. I had a. I Can't had say a. That I do. That's a no for me, dog. <laughs> um, I had a friend who was at a Cubs game, and she was. We um, this was a while ago, and when we're she talking went, about heavenly angels. Yes, 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 yes. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Appreciate she that. was um, she was eight or nine, and um, a foul ball was hit, and this was before they had extended the nets, and it went and and hit her, and hit her in exactly the spot that there was like some pretty severe brain damage, and um, so she was rushed to the hospital, and she remembers kind of coming in and out in the hospital room and remembers seeing what she would call angelic angelic figures hmm. there in the hospital room with her. Hmm. How's she doing? She's good. She's yeah, great. great. Still, still a Cubs fan too. <laughs> All right. So I have one angel story. You do. Yeah. Per personally yeah. or you okay. did make it seem like you had dozens. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> I have like, what one, am I doing wrong? I have one. I, and I'll you're like tell. way older than us. So, right, you know, right. <laughs> And it's, you know, it's all coincidental. I mean, I can't confirm it all. There was a, I was in LA. Um, we were delivering Micah freshman year to college. We um, were passed by somebody um, on a, a road. The guy was going 60. The speed limit was 40. He was, when he passed us, we saw he was looking down, reading his phone. Whew. We were approaching a red light. He hit the people sitting at the red light oh going 60 miles an hour. Oh my gosh. And he was reading his phone. So there were cars and carnage everywhere. And wow. so I parked our Happened car. Happened right in front of you. Right. We like, saw the whole thing unfold. Wow. I said, oh my gosh, he's not going to stop. And he hit this guy. So anyway, we pulled our car off to the side and it was such a mess. I just, you know, I said, Sherry, you need to call the cops. 
I'm going to go start trying to help people. So I get out of the car and one of the cars that had been hit, there was a lady inside and she was uh, in a bad bad way. All the airbags were deployed. She was in one of these high-end cars that had side airbags, had roof airbags. I mean, there were airbags everywhere. I could barely see her, but there was blood everywhere. The car was locked. I couldn't get in, and she was unconscious. There was fluid everywhere, right, like gasoline everywhere, Whoa. and so I don't know. It's, you know, I'm, I'm new to all this. I can't get the doors open. Other people are now pulling up on the scene. They're going to the other cars because four or five cars were hit, Cars were hitting cars. He had hit them so hard. Anyway, I, she starts to wake up, and I'm starting to dialogue with her because she's really confused. Ma'am, you're okay. You're okay. You, you've been in a car accident. I said, I can't get the car door open. Can you get the car door open? She's too out of it to get the cars open. car door open. So I'm the only one caring for this person in this car, and, um, and I yell over to somebody, does anybody have a hammer or something we can break the window? No one's got anything. Everybody's, it's mayhem. Out of nowhere, over my right shoulder, appears this guy. He goes, hey, the back door's open. And I had checked the back. I had gone all the way around the car. I had checked every door. And I hadn't seen this guy on the scene because I had looked around the scene. How can I help? Who can help? So he goes, hey, the back door's open. <laughs> and I think to myself, no. I checked the back door, and he opens it. He, he, he walked over and physically opened it. Yeah. He crawls in, unlocks the doors. So I unlock the driver's side door where she is, um, try to help her. When I turn back around, he's, he's gone. I never see him again on the scene. What did he look like? He's just an older dude. Yeah. Wow. yeah he's in his 60s, maybe. Wow. Was it was weird. weird. That it was weird. wild. <laughs> That's I cool. had checked all the doors. Yeah, praise God. <laughs> wow. wow. So that's At nice. what point did you think... Immediately. Was, I said, you don't, I'm thinking to myself, you don't match. No. Uh, you, where'd you come from? Yeah. In fact, I asked him, said the back I asked him, where did you come from? He goes, oh, up there. And <gasps> he pointed to the sky? No. Oh. <laughs> so he said, the, there's a neighborhood up there. I live in the neighborhood up there. I'm thinking, and I look up, it's a 40 plus foot embankment. Oh. It's just nothing matched up. So he and said he the back door is open before he touched the back door. Yeah, he, he was on my right shoulder. <laughs> Matt's all investigating the right. story. <laughs> anyway. No, but I'm just, for, for the yeah, listeners, yeah, yeah. like yeah. he said that back door is open yeah, before the back door is he open. went and Like he knew it, it you're right. saying. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, wow, so that gives me goosebumps. Hebrews 13.2, do not neglect to show hospitality to, hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels mm -hmm. and been unaware of it. So Hebrews 13.2. So, you know, Angels are, are, the word angel means messenger. They're ministering spirits. They're spirit beings. Um, they're scattered throughout scripture doing God's work, uh, caring for God's people, uh, protecting, defending, delivering God's people. Um, they serve God's purposes. Hebrews 1.14 says, uh, ministering spirits sent to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation. So there's, they're God's spirits doing God's bidding, these spirit beings doing God's bidding to help God's people. Um, so it's, I think that there is an unhealthy fascination with angels. And I mentioned that Sunday that, that the first century world uh, 
was caught up in every bit as much as many in the 21st century world are caught up with an unhealthy fascination with yeah. uh, with angels. So Jehovah's Witnesses believe Jesus is Michael, the archangel incarnate. Mm-hmm. And and there was some of that potentially going on in the first century where they wanted to relegate uh, Christ to that of an exalted angel rather than uh, the Son of God, God come in the flesh. And Quite different. Yeah. Well, and the, and the point that Hebrews is trying to make is that just as the angels are messengers of a message given by God, Jesus is a messenger bringing a message by God. And mm-hmm. like the entire point in every chapter of Hebrews, Jesus is greater. He is a greater messenger. This is where Hebrews 2 goes, mm-hmm. you know, um, with the angel's message, um, you know, how much greater is this message that Jesus is bringing? We need to pay attention to it. You're, that warning that you're talking about, Kelly, in chapter two that we're going to touch next Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, um, at least I remember what they talked about in seminary that of, of most of the theological things you can study, angelology is what it's called, is, mm-hmm. is the least known. We have the, mm-hmm. one of the least known topics um, yeah. biblically. But there are, like Kelly just pointed out, these are all things that are biblical that you can look up to find out about, what, about angels. Another observation about angels is um, most of the time, it seems, when, some, when a biblical figure is meeting an angel, there's fear <laughs> involved. Mm-hmm. So that kind of tells us, you know, they're not a fat baby with wings Precious and a moments. harp, right? Like they're more warrior-esque, warrior-like, um, possibly um, something that would strike some sort of, of fear. Yeah, there's um, no record of angels having wings in the Bible. Interesting. The seraphim right? have yes. wings, yes, uh, but angels. One of the things that's tough to swallow is when you see a, for me, when I see uh, a friend or a family member you know, posting something, someone has died, and they're like, they've gotten their wings, mm. and there's another like, angel in heaven. Right. Oh, man. Like, yeah. ah. Mm. We don't turn into angels. Is that what nope. you're saying? We do not turn into angels. Angels and humans are two different created beings. Yeah. That's also something that we know biblically. Yeah. Were you afraid of this guy at the car no, accident? No, I was glad he was there. Yeah. Where you been all my life? He didn't show, he didn't <laughs> he show up with a shield and, and a sword. Roman sandals. No, but yeah, it was right. weird. He appeared out of nowhere. I was yeah. looking for someone to help and then he, he was gone. How and, did the yeah. lady turn out? Ambulance uh, okay. thankfully showed up yeah. and took over. And, okay. Yeah. It was a mess. Mm. All right. Um, well, that's all the questions we have for you today. If you have any further questions, comments, or concerns, don't hesitate. Text the Next Level Podcast, 630-474-6164. Our podcast is dedicated to answering listener questions on two levels, answering specific questions about last Sunday's sermon, and also just general questions regarding broader topics within the Christian faith. We love God and believe that Scripture is a primary means for our getting to know Him, and our hope is that this podcast extends the learning opportunity for all who want to know God better, strengthening not only your faith, but my faith and our faith together. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to The Next Level. Boom! Prophecy.